Welcome to the Field of 12 After Dark. This is the Big 12 preview show. I am Trevor Knight. It is my absolute honor to be joined by two gentlemen this evening, both of which I have a great past with. One, Mr. Bryce Petty, the pride of Midlothian High School, former two-time Big 12 champion himself with the Baylor Bears, spent some time with the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins, and also my sincere honor, a coach mm. that has shaped a big part of my life while I was at Texas A&M. Uh, he was also the head coach at Houston and Arizona and just finished up with the Houston Gamblers in the USFL. Uh, guys, this is the Big 12 preview show of the Field of 12 after dark. Coach Sumlin, Bryce Petty, how are we doing tonight, boys? Great. Man. Absolutely fantastic. Yes, sir. Coach, thanks so much for joining us, man. Like I told you guys pre-show, this has been, you know, Trevor's okay, but like adding you to the mix, it's just, it just makes it top notch. So I think that, you know, knowing that me and you were the talent and, and now they've, they've downgraded Trevor to the host, it just makes everything work better. So I'm, no, I'm, I'm just I'm happy pumped. to be here. I'm just happy to be here with both you guys who like worldwide famous, but uh, have played a lot of football and run a different part of your life right now. I'm just the rookie in this deal. So I'm just here to, to chime in. Well, we're going to talk about a lot tonight, specifically around the Big 12, guys. And I know there's going to be a lot of meat on that bone. But um, just so our listeners understand, if you guys joined us the last two nights, we're doing things a little different this year. We're rolling every single night on the field of 12 after dark. We are presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a great partner that we have. And, and we're just going to roll. We're going to talk Big 12. We're going to get into things down the season. It's going to be really good stuff. Tonight, obviously, we'll roll through uh, the Baylor Bears, the team that won the league this past year. We'll get into the coaching mix-ups, new quarterbacks, all of those things that we'll dive into. But first, let's dive into something that we've done uh, for a year now, and it's the toast of the night. Mr. George Whitfield uh, brought this on. And so let's go around the horn real quick. Let's do a toast tonight for a Big 12 player or coach that you guys think is going to have a big impact this season. Small, large, in between. You just think they're going to have a big impact. And uh, Bryce, let's start with you, my man. Oh, man, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait, um, you know, to, to start this tradition back and, and, you know, to be starting it with the man that had a lot to do with my recruiting as well, the now new head coach for the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Joey McGuire. Um, I think that that guy is going to have a tremendous impact in Lubbock. And I think it's going to be immediate. Um, so, Coach, not only am I toasting you, I'm toasting a fat pour because this is a whole lot of tequila. So you guys bear with me here. <laughs> mm. First toast of the two, two, uh, 2022 season. I'm pretty pumped. Coach Sumlin, who are we toasting to today? Well, I think this is going to come as a surprise based on where I've coached and then and being in the Big 12 as an assistant for a long time and, and uh, uh, either at Oklahoma or A&M or being the head coach. But my toast is to the second longest tenured coach in college football right now. And it's going to hurt some people. Mm. It, it hurt my better half. And when I told her I was going to do this, she's like, what are you doing? Mike Gundy, uh. 15 years, 15 years, right? has seen it all a game away because of the Baylor bears from going to the playoffs last year. Let's be honest, right? With a team and a place that is a hard place to win 
15 years doing what he's done at Baylor, right? Let's let's go. What 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 are they against Texas right now? Five and two in the last uh, few years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So again, he's got a pretty good team coming back. Uh, I would say that uh, my toast goes from a coaching side and as a player, anybody in the Big 12, 15 years. 15 nice. years. Man, to get to get talent up in Stillwater, it's truly impressive. Guys, I'm going with a player. I'm going with a player that has bounced around college football. He is a big name. He has landed out in Morgantown. JT Daniels, my man, you got mm-hmm. some talent, and I'm excited to watch you this year. I think that you can bring a West Virginia team, um, I'll say it, out of the depths and, uh, and put some points up on that scoreboard. I'm proud of you for enduring uh, the, the, what college football has to offer. And uh, I think you're going to have a breakout season, my man. So to JT Daniels, cheers, my friend. And as we do every night, a honorary toast to the godfather of college football, (laughs) Coach Lee Corso. We'll pour one out for you, my man. Mm. Love it. Well, guys, before we get deep into the Big 12 conversation, let's Let's talk about a few overarching themes, right? Um, Obviously, as college football has transitioned, we've got the transfer portal. We've got the coaching carousel, right? Conference realignment is another big one. So, Coach Summon, let's start with you here. Conference realignment. We are going to talk about the current teams in the Big 12 right now, but you've got a couple teams that are coming into the Big 12 um, here, here in short order. What is conference realignment going to do high level to the game of college football and specifically the Big 12? Well, I, I, I can say this. We've seen this coming for years, right? Everybody tries to deny it. But, you know, there's a time where, where uh, when I started into it and when things really got started, Nebraska-Oklahoma was an every-year game. Don't play anymore. Things are going fine, right, for everybody. So all those, all those things that everybody thought was important in college football, guess what? New rivalries, new television contracts, new NILs, new, new everything. So, you know, I think what's going to be what we have to see, I think everybody's talking about it, the, 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 the elephant in the room is, are, are there going to be 64 teams, right, to play in a major league major college football league, right? Is it 64, 74? Because it's not going to support 130. It just won't. So super conferences are going to be here. And I think what you're going to see is the Big Ten's move is a big one, a big one. To add to it, what's going to happen? The Big 12 is going to have to add a couple more teams. They're going to have to, right? Otherwise, people get left behind. So, you know, what's going to happen here probably in the next six, seven months uh, with the Big 12, with adding some teams, maybe from the Pac-12, um, which makes sense because in, in, in you know in Arizona it's closer to Texas than a lot of people think, uh, and, and certainly than USC is to Penn State. I'll just put it that way. Uh, but just, just bringing that up. So the things that you think are normal are not normal. I think it's about television contracts, television revenue, right, and and. The, to sustain these leagues because you can't have 130 teams playing at division one football. It's going to be different and what that looks like from a playoff standpoint and what it looks like from a conference standpoint 
is changing rapidly right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a great point, Coach. And 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 also that the transfer portal is changing what specific teams looks like, right? Now, Bryce, you you sat for a while at Baylor. You were a, <laughs> a yellow shirt, a blue shirt, whatever shirt you wore, right? Green, a purple. green shirt. You yeah. came in, you just wanted a shot, you paid your dues under the greatest quarterback to ever play at Baylor, Mr. Robert Griffin III. And, uh, and, and, and so you, you, you sat for a couple years, but you endured that. You went to work, and then you had your shot. You won two Big 12 titles. Would the transfer portal being in place when you were in college, do you think you would have stayed it out at Baylor, or would that have changed things completely? And, and how has that changed it for the guys today making these decisions that are trying to get on the field? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think a lot of people would rather play it at 21 than 25 like I did. You know, when you start your career in college at 25 years old, it's tough, you know, with all the shirts that I had. But, man, I, I, look, I, I think that, you know, all joking aside, I think that it, that it definitely would have changed something, right? I, I think that, you know, you're now and, and you know, it's, a, it's an interesting point. I'd, I'd almost love, you know, coaches, you know, context on this, too, because you're, you're one deep at that position. You know, nowadays, um, you know, if, I, if I'm not playing, I'm out and I'm going to go find a starting job. And so, you know, I know what waiting did for me. Um, and, and again, in that current, you know, the current conversation with with NIL money and going to find another spot that you didn't have to you know, sit out a year. I, I still think that I would sit here and, and go somewhere. Um, I, I don't know if I would have stayed at Baylor for for as long as I did without playing. Um and so I think it just changes the entire dynamic. I think that it's going to be tougher on, on coaches, um, you know, to be able to sustain at that position, because I, I think it's going to be a dramatic impact. If that guy goes down, if your QB one goes down, man, you're, you're probably talking about either a freshman that came in or a walk on. And that's, that's just hard to, hard, hard to do. And I think we might only have, you know, I know the, the, the one guy down South in Austin right now with Hudson card sitting there waiting is, was, was pretty interesting to me to, to sit there and watch that. But you know, nowadays, I think everybody's going to leave. And, and so this this whole dynamic of not just the QB position, but all across the board in all 22 positions, now you're seeing guys left and right. So um, but but for me, I think I, I probably would have left knowing, you know, the current situation now. Bryce, would you like me? I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. <laughs> well, you couldn't have sat there for that long, right? I mean, it's not going to happen. Right. So uh, in the recruiting world, when you have young guys or a proven guy or somebody, you know, because there's more guys that recruited you than than just going to Baylor. Unless you right. just bled Baylor green. Right. You sit there yeah. and wait your turn. Now, guess what? Move on. Right. Yep. Play. Yep. You, you're in, in football to play and there's too many guys out there that are looking for trigger guys that can make a difference in their program. Yeah, I'll Without tell you what, I, I wish you would have left, Bryce, because you stole two Big 12 championship rings from me. <laughs> Pisses me off. Yeah, Pisses yeah. Me off. I have them. I have them right back here. <laughs> yeah, a, they're in the plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure they are. <laughs> Guys, this is a, a really fun time of year. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of um, anticipation going on about college football as a whole. So, uh, Coach, I'll start with you. And I love your perspective from the coaching standpoint, right? Um, what what are the emotions going on right now as a head coach? I'll ask when you were in that role, right? It's a couple weeks out. You're in the heart of camp. 
what are you focused on as a coach getting your team ready to play uh, for, for the upcoming season? Sorry about that. You set up lightning. That's a first here, right? But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're really two weeks away, and you guys have been through it, um, particularly in college football. You, you, you've got a, a group of freshmen, but I think right now the main challenge is uh, because of the transfer portal, right? You kind of know guys from the spring. Some guys just got here. So you've got a group of young guys that you've recruited. Get them in the mix. You've got a transfer portal, right? You've got to get them in the mix. And so this weekend, really starting this weekend, you're really two weeks out, roughly, from um, from your first game. So because of that, you know, you get nervous about injuries and you're going to start reading about different guys getting hurt. So you're going to have your last major scrimmage around this weekend, right? Mm -hmm. With tackling and you're coming out this weekend. All right. Here are the guys, as I said, I used to say here, who's getting on the bus, right? Who's getting on the bus and who's going to the game. And so you need that list from coaches after this last two weeks of practice, after this last scrimmage, right? And so we can figure out here's the core of our team. And that's why this weekend for a lot of young men across the country is a big weekend because things are going to change with injuries down the road. They're going to change with a lot of different deals, but this weekend becomes big as far as the pecking order of who we can, who we can trust, what we see and who we're going to develop here in the next two weeks to go win this first game. Let me ask you this coach. We'll, we'll stick with you for a second. It, it, we'll, we'll get to quarterbacks later in the show, but, but I want to ask you this. If there is a quarterback battle going on at any given campus, is it really down to maybe the week of, of, of the first game? No. Or, or do you really kind of know? Or <laughs> yeah, is it situation know. by situation? You, listen, be honest. If you get down to the last week, you're going to play both of them, right? That's, that's what it is. If, so if, you guys if, just okay, strung us along. Yes. Strung yeah, us yeah, along. Mad, everything else, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. It, it, it's, and maybe you haven't separated yourself, right? There, there's that, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But, um, but right now, you got to sit down and say, here's what we're doing. And then right after that, you got to talk to the other guy and say, QB2, look, you're a snap away from playing. You can pout for the next 24 hours. You can pout for 48 hours. This guy might go down this week. Mm. Right? You're probably going to play depending on, on who we're playing the first game. Okay? Depending on who that is. But, you know, Texas doesn't have that, that luxury because they're playing out. I mean, week two yeah. in Alabama, they got to figure things out. And, you know, at AM, we're playing real games the first week. So, you know, figure that out before we get there. But – you have to have that conversation with the quarterbacks S before that. And if they don't understand it, then things go crazy. Well, I'll say on a personal note, coach, I appreciate you naming me the starter after spring ball. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry all fall camp. Uh, hey, I heard your dad put a big lump sum of cash in someone's oh, locker and say, Hey, dad, go ahead and, so go ahead and play my boy. University. Go ahead and play my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that man. is awesome. Bryce, what, as a player, man, what, what are you feeling right now? Let's say, let's take you back circa 2014. 
uh, right before the 2014 season. You guys won the Big 12 that year, your senior year, I believe. And uh, you're getting ready. You, you're coming off a Big 12 year, um, which is very similar to what, what we'll talk about in a second with the Baylor Bears. What is your prep like? You've, you've done your summer workouts. You're in fall camp. You're starting to really mesh with these guys and find your identity. Where's your head at as, as not only a player, but, but as a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, again, it's every day is, is just stacking wins, right? It's, it's trying to, to, to be better today, you know, as opposed to yesterday. And I, and I think that especially for us and what we were doing at Baylor, everything was reps, 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 reps. And so the more that we could do, you know, what we were doing in our offense, <clears throat> the better we felt, more comfortable, you know, kind of do it in our sleep. And so I think for a lot of these guys now, you know, and even coach's point too, you've got one more scrimmage to fine tune what those mistakes are, whether they're pre-snap mistakes or they're post-snap read mistakes, whatever those are, let's, we got to clean up as many mistakes as possible to where we feel really, really comfortable going into week one prep. Um, and so, and so for, for a player, there's nothing better than this kind of week, because if you were that guy, then, you know, it's, Hey, I've been here, done that, you know, done that. And, and it's business as usual. But if you are in some type of competition, I was that guy in 2012 that was pouting. I probably pouted for a, f a few weeks there, coach. It wasn't 48 hours for me, but um, you know, at, at that time, but that, that's what you have to do. You got to swallow it, you know, you know, take it like a man and say, Hey, you know, that's, that's just, that's coach's decision. So I got to keep rolling. Um and, and, and so again, it's, it's, you try to stack as many wins as you can in this, in this period of time. And that way you can go ahead and go into season, whether or not, you know, your non-conference game one is, is a banger or, you know, week one is, you know, like Baylor's playing Albany. I don't, I don't even know where Albany's at. So, you know, that, that kind of thing is, is always um, interesting as it comes to, to again, the game prep and, and what this week going into your week one prep would look like. I love it. Well, guys, if y'all are just joining us, all of you out there listening Grab something to sip on every night this year. We're going to be rolling with the Field of 12 After Dark, brought to you by Bet River Sportsbook. Guys, let's dive in to the Big 12. This is the Big 12 preview show. And for the first time in, I believe it is, six seasons, there is a team that is not the preseason favorite in this conference. It's been the Oklahoma Sooners. The Lincoln-Riley tenure is now gone. There is a new head coach in town, and the preseason favorite to win this conference is last season's champion, Mr. Petty's Baylor Bears. Mm. Bryce, we'll start with you. What, what did you like last year out of Dave Aranda and that squad that allowed them to be successful, and what is it going to take this year for Baylor to build on that and, and potentially repeat as the Big 12 champion? Yeah, um, I, I think look the, the more that I spend time around Coach Aranda, the more that I'm starting to see his qualities come out in his team, and and you see that, and and you even alluded to it with Coach that that how how impactful Coach Sumlin was on on not only your playing career but on your life, and that's what you know as a as a, a man that's coming from you know out of the house flying the nest at 18 to 22, you know when you get the the opportunity that we got to play you know, football and you're around um, your head coach, there, there's nothing better than, than to be able to sit, sit back and really appreciate who that man was in your life. And I, and I really think that Coach Aranda and this team is really starting to embody who he is. Um, I think beyond the X's and O's, the guy's an outstanding defensive coach, defensive mind. Um, but I think what he does in terms of the culture and the locker room of that, of that team, he's really built them from the ground up. Um, 
Baylor has obviously been through a lot over the last couple of years, um, specifically in the football world. And to see Coach Rule and do what he did and then to have, you know, Coach Aranda. And then we have this COVID year as his first year. You know, last year was his really, you know, his first kind of stepping off year. Um, you know, it was it was just really, really interesting. And, and, and honestly, um, it was great to kind of take a seat back as just a fan and just watch these young kids um, go out and play really hard. And um, so, so, you know, I think on both sides of the ball, I think we did it how we needed to do it. You know, I don't think it was anything flashy about a Baylor football team. That defense was really, really good. Uh, but on the offensive side of the ball, you know, scoring points, I don't think it was anything flashy. I think we did it, you know, with those big guys up front, um, you know, behind, uh, behind Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner, who both are, both are, you know, on NFL rosters right now. Um, and, and they, they just, you know, they, they put their head down and they went to work. And so, you know, coming off of, you know, what is no un, undoubtedly our win, that was not Oklahoma State's loss, um, which I, I've seen in a ton of articles. I just, I, I can't stand that. The guy threw four picks. We, yeah, I know we have a goal line stand, but you, you don't win games with four line, or, or four picks. You know that, Coach. Trevor, yep. you know that as well, playing on our side of the ball. So, you know, that that was our game that we won. And and then we finished it up and, and we, you know, we beat uh, Ole Miss, you know, in the Sugar Bowl. So I think coming off of that game, um, there's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of rebuilding, right? There's a lot of new faces in that in that room um, that that I think that you know, no, un, undoubtedly on the on the defensive side of the ball, especially Coach Rand is going to have a great a great defense. He's going to coach that that side of the ball really well. And then offensively, I think we saw a major change. You know, I think Blake Blake Shapin showed what he needed to show in the spring. Um, for and and again, I, I just give a lot of respect to Coach Aranda for Coach Aranda to go ahead and tell Gary Bohanna, hey, I'm going to go with Shapin. You go find your spot somewhere else, and now he's landed and and, and is the, the starting quarterback at, at uh, USF now. So, um, you know, for him to do that, I thought was was again another you know resounding kind of stamp on who he is and, and his character. But but now rolling into this season as the number one um, you know contender, I guess in the Big Twelve, you got to you know it's time for those young guys to show up and 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 to 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 play to their potential. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, those guys on, on both sides of the ball and, and who the newcomers are and the new names that are going to be on the on the roster and the, and the sheet and then ultimately in the in the programs. Coach, let me ask you this. Um, Baylor, obviously, they are picked to win the Big 12. Um, they have made a name for themselves in this conference. Uh, what are your thoughts on Baylor? Uh, winning the Big 12? And then what are your thoughts on Baylor from a national scale? Have they put a target on is a national contender at some point? I think they're a ways from the target on their back, but I do know that in the coaching world, uh, Dave Aranda is as good as it gets. I mean, he is well-respected as a D coordinator, you know, and then moving on and being a head coach and, and the combination, uh, and, and I know people don't talk about it a lot, but Jeff Grimes is, is as good as mm. he gets. Yep. I, think, I think it's completely different what Jeff has done, motion and all kinds of things. It's a completely different situation. Um, and I, I should have toasted the the athletic director uh, mm -hmm. because Mac yeah. is awesome, right? Yeah. And vision that he's had, and, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't been through Waco in a long time, but the facilities, everything there, it's top notch. And, you know, Jeff Grimes is gonna put people in a position He's got a history of doing this on offense to be successful. And uh, he's done it at, at everywhere he's been. And I, I think that that combination defensively and offensively 
is is tough for a lot of different people in in that league because in the Big 12, number one, because they've got some players and um, they've got some real speed. They, they always have had real speed, except at the quarterback position. But all he had to do was throw it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but except for one guy that won Heisman. Other than that. <laughs> hey, we're both we're both getting statues. Mine's coming, I promise. I think. I, I think the check, I, the check, the check bounce, there. the check bounce, but it's supposed to be coming through. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. But anyway, um, no, but I mean, always have had great speed, right? Always had good players, but I think schematically, right now, uh, Baylor is probably on the cutting edge offensively and defensively. Uh in, in, in college football and giving their players a chance to be successful week in and week out. And uh, they know what they're recruiting to. Um, they know what they want. Um, and, and, and maybe down the road, you talk about it, but like recruiting, you know, all these stars and everything else, don't worry about that. They know what they're looking for mm-hmm. and they're going to fit those pieces in those and in, in, in what they want to do, which may be a little bit different schematically than other people do but they understand what they're doing and they understand how it's going to be successful that's why i mean it, it's it's they're they're a tough out they're a really tough out and if i can too trevor real quick because it, you, and you hit on a, a great point coach with, with jeff grimes but rob roberts and what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball too underneath the roundup i mean both, both of those guys just complement each other really well and i and, and what i've seen too is a lot of times defensive in this or defensive guys in the same system regardless of new faces or not if they're in the same system year in and year out they just get better right yeah. our guys under phil bennett you know year one wow but by year three and by year four, I mean, dude, it was it was a brawl in camp. I mean, every time going against those guys uh, was, you know, and so so being in that in that type of environment where you have Rob Roberts saying at at media days, hey, this this might be a better defense than than what we had last year is is right. that's a, that's a tough statement to 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 wrap your arms around, and uh, I think it I think it holds a lot of weight. But but again, that's a tribute to the head coach. Right. 100%, there's doubt. a lot of egos around there. Right. Let's let's be mm-hmm. honest. Both those guys are going to be head coaches and they will be. And right. they're, they're very talented. They communicate well. They've got great schemes. But today, my point is for Dave Aranda to, 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 to be able to manage that with those two guys in the same building, in the same room and yeah. practice at 100 degrees. And, and, and everybody's trying to win. We all want to win. And that's where a really good head coach uh, comes in not only on game day, but during the practice sessions and the planning and making sure everybody's going to get what they need without it being, as I used to say, be competitive, but not combative. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I feel that too. Uh, coach, you're throwing out these taglines and it takes me back to, uh, to the <laughs> indoor and the practice field. It's good stuff. Hey, you mentioned, you mentioned the athletic director. That's something that we don't get a lot of insight to, right? Talk a little bit, Coach, about mm-hmm. – how much the, the the head coach's relationship with the athletic director permeates to what happens on the field? Well, Mac Rhodes is as good as their coach. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, he's a guy that that uh, I was fortunate to know at, at the University of Houston, by the way. So, mm-hmm. you know, he uh, he came there uh, my second to last year. We sat down, we talked. Uh, he would come down. We talk about all kinds of different things, what we need there. Obviously, you know, he moved on and he's doing a great job. 
I mean, he was he was at UTEP. Um, I actually interviewed uh, for the head coaching job at UTEP when I was a young assistant at Oklahoma. I wasn't ready for that, right? So um, he was in the room, and uh, and uh, Bob Stoll was the AD, right? And and so I, I I had paper everywhere. I didn't know what I was doing. I was in between games, and you know, at that, and and I didn't get the job, obviously. Uh, Mike Price did, by the way. <laughs> and but you know, over time, you know, Mac and I stayed in touch, and then. And then our job came open at, at Houston and uh, you know, there, there were some finalists that uh, I'm not going to name the other two, but they're two sitting ADs as well. But Mac Rhodes has been uh, really pivotal in, in what happened at the university of Houston. If you've ever been by there lately, it looks completely different. Um, you know, the, the transformation, all the turmoil at Missouri that he handled and then where he is right now, Baylor and the support, for all athletics, not just football, but all athletics in the facility piece that was getting built, that's finished. Uh, I, it, it, you can't say enough about what that piece looks like and the stability of that piece for, for any coach in any department, but particularly football and I mean the major sports. So, you know, Mac Rhodes has been around it. He's seen it from a lot of different places. And obviously he's been successful and, and, you know, when he's he's the guys that that he has he has hired as head coaches. Let's let's not forget who he hired before that. Yeah, who is head coach in the National Football League, right? Mm -hmm. So the guy knows what he's doing, except for me, I guess. But that any other than that, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I love it. Thanks, Coach. Hey, I want to switch gears a little bit. A big a big reason that the Baylor Bears were successful last year was because of that defensive side of the ball. Uh, so well, let's get into that in a second. But first, our own Michael Felder sat down with linebacker Dylan Doyle, uh, and he had a few words. So let's switch to that real quick. Field of 12, field of 12 after dark, we've got Baylor linebacker Dylan Doyle on to talk about what we should expect from the Bears this season. And look, I want to go backwards to go forwards. And the first thing I want to talk about is, first and foremost, you guys are the reigning Big 12 champs. How did it feel to hoist that trophy and then, you know, follow it up by winning the Sugar Bowl? Yeah, I mean, obviously those moments are things that you dream about as a kid, you know, uh, raising a conference championship trophy and was really proud of the things that we were able to do last year, um, was really proud of the leadership and and those guys that have moved on to the next level. You know, you saw Terrell uh, score a touchdown last week for the Bills. You've seen uh, Treston score a touchdown, Taekwon score a touchdown, and and Petrie have a TFL Um in his, in his first drive with the Texans. So really proud of those guys, but, um, you know, obviously looking forward to this year, we're, we're only a few weeks away from kickoff for, for, uh, for the 2022 season. So the focus kind of shifted there. Um, I mean, really in January to, to start building this team. And so we're really proud of the spring that we've had the summer that we've had, and now moving into fall camp we're 10 practices in and, and trying to, trying to take things day by day and try to grow and, and really create the identity of our team. No, you listen, you kind of blew up the rundown that I had because you already mentioned Petrie, you mentioned the other yeah. guys. So let's go, let's, let's, let's dial down into that. Um, you said your 10 practices in. Give yep. me the names, give me the names of the guys that have to replace Petrie, Wood, Bernard, all those names. Who who are the guys that are going to step into those big roles? 
Yeah, I mean, Al Walcott is a name that you'll definitely be hearing quite a bit. Um, I mean, in the secondary, we have we have a bunch of guys that'll that'll kind of we'll mix and match as as the season goes on. You know, Snacks Johnson, um, he he's done a great job in camp of of leading, being really vocal, um, being really positive throughout camp. Devin Neal has been great. Devin Lemire, uh, but really, it falls on everybody's shoulders. Um, you know, defensive football is is truly a, an 11 person game and, and even more than 11 people, because it, it takes everybody on the sidelines as well. It takes, um, it takes the whole organization to, to kind of get 11 guys on the field and, and have everybody executing and being on the same page. And so, um, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll continue to grow as, as we move through these next 15 practices before we, you know, finally line up against Albany on September 3rd, but, um, I mean, it'll it'll be kind of done by committee uh, in in some senses from the standpoint of we're a team and and we want to put that on tape every time we get on the field. And so not really giving too much responsibility to one guy, but um, really just treating it as a team endeavor and and really just attacking things that way. OK, I, and listen, I'm going to f- ask a follow. I'm a defensive guy. So I played safety at UNC, so okay. I, I, I understand and I love that's why I did a fist pump. When you said that defense is ultimate, like a team, you have to do everything yeah. together. One yeah. guy misses a gap fit, then all of a sudden it's a big problem for somebody else. So mm-hmm. I want to ask, listen, defensive coordinator's back. We know Coach Aranda loves his defense. How mm-hmm. comfortable does that unit feel as you guys work through camp? Yeah, so the front seven is certainly veteran when it comes to, you know, we have Apuika, we have um, we have Cole Maxwell up there. We have, I mean, Garmin Randolph is returning. Gabe Hall is returning. Uh, Matt Jones had had played Jack for us and and he'll play a, a significant role this year. Um, I mean, we we just have a lot of veteran guys. And so when it comes to football knowledge, we're we're able to do some things that I think a lot of teams wouldn't be able to do. Even us last year, from the standpoint of um, I mean, these guys know what to do. They they see the where the back is, they see where the tight end is, uh, they know what the offense is trying to do, and we can kind of adjust accordingly. And so those guys, um, just their football intelligence will really um, will really bring us a long ways. And then their football skill is, is also, I mean, fantastic as well. So I think it'll it'll be play to our advantage because we'll be able to help the back end a little bit from the standpoint of we can get into some too deep coverages and and do some things that we maybe weren't able to do um, before with a younger front and an older back end. Man, that's good stuff uh, from Bill and Doyle. We appreciate that time. And a big shout out to Michael Felder for taking the time to uh, sit down with our man there. The defensive side of the ball wins championships. That's an age old saying. Um, I think that Baylor is going to have to uh, replace a few guys this year to get back uh, to, to the top. But as we've discussed, I think there are some really good pieces of the puzzle there in Waco. Um, that, that give these guys or at least put these guys in a position to go make a run at a back-to-back Big 12 title appearance. Uh, let's move on, guys, um, to a team that we discussed a minute ago as that's been at the top, my alma mater, one of my alma maters, the Oklahoma Sooners, completely new face, right? And, and Coach, you've got a son on the team up there, so you got some inside scoop for us. But, Coach, I'll go to you first what are your thoughts on the move at, at Oklahoma? We talked about AD. What, what has the athletic director done there in hiring Brent Venables? And what do you see out of Oklahoma going into this campaign, campaign this year? 
I, I, just like I talked about Mac Rhodes, I mean, who's a younger version. I mean, uh, Joe Castiglione's been there before Bob, hired Bob, right? In 99, uh, I think the reason, one of the reasons they've been so successful over time is the consistency of the administration. They know what they're looking for. Uh, it's kind of like the Dow Jones, right? It's going to be slumps. There might be a depression, but historically, with a really good product, everything's going to keep climbing. And I, I you know, they, they brought uh, Brent back, who's been a part of that, who saw uh, the national championship days, who saw how things were built with Bob. Uh, you know, so you know, obviously there's there's that piece. You know, Brent being at, at Clemson. And being around, you know, Dabo, the national championship deal, got him outside the system, but brings that with him. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, you know, they've, they've had a number of their players that that transferred uh, really good players, including, in my opinion, one of the better players in the league than, than, with Caleb Williams. So, you know, a guy who won games by himself at the quarterback position, mm -hmm. whether we want to say it or not, he did. And and so for that guy to be a freshman to be that young a player and another and a couple other guys to leave and go west that hurts any program i mean you're not talking about just a good player or a starting quarterback you're talking about a player who can win games for you at, at a high level so the replacement of those guys and, and playing defense and we all know you know that they're, they're going to play good defense because brent and and, and the guys who are there now, offensively, uh, and, and Bryce, you, you, you know this, uh, Jeff Levy knows what the hell he's doing. So yeah. he, he's been around. Uh, he's been waiting for this opportunity, uh, and he's been waiting to do his own thing. And, and so, you know, it'll be real interesting to me to see if they can get the pieces together because they're always going to have talent. They've, they've got them. You know, Marvin Mims is as good as there is. It, it, but you know everybody knows that what about the other supporting cast who are the running backs going to be who's going to throw this thing I mean consistently to them which they struggled with last year and with you, know, you think about it over the last two years those two guys are gone right two dynamic players at quarterback so you know what that looks like everybody's going to say on paper here's what it is but until you get you guys know this until you 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 catch that first snap Right. And, and things come at you. It, it remains to be seen. Bryce, that, he, coach made a great point there. Two of the top rated quarterbacks still, even after transferring in the turmoil that happened in the country, departed from Oklahoma. We bring in a guy named and I say we they bring in a guy named Dylan Gabriel, who's got a lot of experience. But what are the expectations for Venables in this new staff? Is is it a it, it, conference championship or bust because you wear the OU emblem on the side of your helmet? Or is it, hey, it's a rebuilding year because you got a new head coach, and even though he's a good defensive guy, what, what are the expectations from, from, from your standpoint there? Yeah, look, I don't, I don't think that you have the luxury of, of having a rebuilding year at Oklahoma. That, that's, not, that's not what they hired you for. I know, I know Coach is giving me that face, too. I, I, I think that anybody that said that, hey, it's okay to have a rebuilding year, you're not the right guy for the job. And I don't think Venables or Levy uh, or anybody over there, you know, cares to even use that term. I, I think that what they're going to do is, is go put their best product on the field. And, and Venables has been doing this for a long time. I mean, those defenses at Clemson were, were knockouts now. Um, and he's been in a system. I think he's, he, you know, 
this is one of the more interesting hires to me because I think that Venables could have been hired 15 years ago. You know, what he has done in his tenure at Clemson under Dabo Sweeney, I think he was just waiting for his, you know, the, the perfect move. And it just so happened to be that this was that perfect move for him. Going out and getting Jeff Levy was probably one of the best things that could have happened because it fits in the Big 12, which I think is a very interesting um, time right now, the Big 12, because it's not a whole bunch of air raid. Right now, to me, I think you're seeing a hell of a defense in the Big 12, and I think you're seeing a lot of running game. I mean, if you if you look at, you know, especially even last year, you got Baylor, you got Oklahoma State, um, even, you know, OU, and, and guys aren't putting up crazy, crazy, crazy numbers in the air like what we've, you know, predominantly seen over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years and, in, in, uh, you know, the Mike Leach and of the Texas Techs and Gundy's even – you know, in the early uh, to, to late 2000s. So all that being said, I think it's a different league. And then what Jeff Levy brings in, what he showed that he can do against the SEC is what he knows that he can do against the Big 12. So I think seeing that Dylan Gabriel and him have already had this connection at UCF, um, Dylan Gabriel's been in this system before. I think he's going to, there, there is no transition outside of just colors, right, to him in, in terms of the helmet that he's putting on. Um, and, and, and to coach's point, I think Marvin Mims is going to be that guy for him. That's, that's a big part of this Jeff Levy system is who's your guy on the outside that can win and running back by committee. And so I, I think that they're going to, they're going to fit right in there, but, but no, I, I don't think that they have the luxury of a rebuilding year. I think it's a, a boomer bust kind of thing. Um, and, and they're going to go try and, and, and win a conference championship. Let's talk about quarterbacks for a second coach. Dylan Gabriel is a guy that has played a lot of football and Bryce mentioned that, you know, he's, he's got that communication already down with Jeff Levy because they were in it together. Um, is that, is that the biggest pickup for this Oklahoma staff in the off season amongst all the different changeup, uh, a guy that has stability that's thrown already for over 8,000 yards. Um, yeah. He battled some injuries, but he can come and he can help, teach the young guys and, and really every guy this new offense in the offseason out on, you know, throwing Pascal in the summer, those types. How critical is Dylan Gabriel to the success of this program this year? Yeah, I, I, I would put it in the same boat, just like Caleb going to, going to SC, right? So as a coach, you already have that relationship. He knows what you're looking for. You know what he's looking for, right? So the mm-hmm. communication with him particularly in a new situation where you're not supposed to be out there in the summer to watch everybody who's showing up that might come up every now and then what's this guy look like that might come up every now and then you're not supposed to talk about that right but what happens is he knows what you're looking for he's been successful he knows what 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 the plan is but also from the other side you know what you're looking for and so he's at that point when a guy's been as successful as he's been, you know, you're, you're, you're going to lean on him a little bit in a transitional piece. Right. And I think what Bryce said is so important from a coaching standpoint with a quarterback that you've been on the field with and been in battle with, you've seen the stresses, you've seen everything else, you know, his strengths and weaknesses. He knows you as a coach. So that is unlike these other guys that are coming back, which we will talk about Spencer. Sanders, Sanders later, but (laughs) guys that come back, right? They're coming back, but you know what you got there. And returning quarterbacks are important because a coach knows what they can get out of them and they've been through the battle and you cannot cut that short. You can't take that lightly. Yep. 
That's a great point. Uh, let me ask you this. I'll ask both of you this and, and kind of put you on the spot here. Is Oklahoma a playoff contender today? Is, does, do they have the pieces of the puzzle with the coaching staff, the quarterback, the things that we have mentioned, the hopefully improved defense to be a team that is playoff contention today? Bryce, we'll start with you. <laughs> so can you start with coach here I mean, shit. <laughs> man to, to be totally honest with you um i i think a lock you know one two three alabama georgia ohio state um i i think number four is up for grabs i i really you know i really do and i and i think that um knowing the pedigree of who they have brought in with with venables and with levy um if they do it's gonna be i mean a, a storybook season for them uh, to, to mix and match who they have, you know, if Caleb Williams is in there with Jeff Levy, I think it's uh, hell yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, underline and, and bold it, but um, you know, Dylan Gabriel, look at the, at the end of the day, UCF's way different than playing the guys you're going to play with now. It's, it's, it's different, right? So you look at his tape. I mean, guys are 15 yards open. Uh, you know, th there's not even a guy around him. So, you know, th those, those windows close a little bit more. Uh, you got to manipulate the pocket a little bit more. Might have to use his feet just a little bit more. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, look, I've, I've seen that system work. I've, I've seen a Jeff Levy, our Prowl system work to where you put up points. And if Venables can get these guys to where they can buy in on the defensive side, guys can stay healthy, um, then, I, then I think they can be a force to be reckoned with and, and, and quite possibly get to that four spot. Coach, let me ask you this. Last year was the first year the, if the Big 12 champion that, that was not Oklahoma uh, they, they were not invited to the college football playoffs. If Oklahoma wins the Big 12 this year, are they in the college football playoff? If Baylor wins the Big 12 championship this year, are they in the college football playoff? Does the logo on the side of the head mean anything to the committee, or is it really based off of what they say? Uh, your top 25 wins, so on and so forth, whatever criteria they use nowadays. Around I, that I, think it's, I think it's big picture. Trevor, uh, if you look back the last two weeks, you know, OU loses to Oklahoma State, right? If Oklahoma State wins that game, then what's their record? Mm, that's a good point. I think Great Oklahoma point. State's in the playoffs at that point, right? With 11 wins. I think they're in. So the logo does matter. It gives you something, but the conference championship matters as well. If Oklahoma State wins that game, they're playing the playoffs. I believe that because of the season that they had and who they beat, what three top 25 teams. I mean, they, they, they did a bunch. So um, regardless of, of what, you know, the, the logo on the side that matters, but I, I think your, your resume matters as well right now. There, there are too many smart people in that room uh, that, that instead of just being like one or two guys that, that make sure that who goes to the CFP, I think right now the body of work and it arguably, you know, three and four, there's going to be an argument all the time, but basically, basically, whether you're a coach a player, whatever it is from a coach's standpoint, in my mind, they've gotten it right for who's going to play in the championship game and give them those people a chance to play since we've been at four. Yep. hundred percent. Well, and I, and I still don't think to, to just, reiterate half a second. I mean, I, I still don't think you have anybody at the ACC that's a lock, and I don't think you have anybody at the Pac-12 that's a lock. 
So, I, I, so I think that, you know, you have a, a really good chance. I agree. To, you know, to either, again, you're going to have two SEC teams or you're going to have two big, t- you know, so, so I, I think, I, I, I think agree. if somebody can run the table, you know, I, th- I think they got a good chance, especially because you have, you know, the big four, <laughs> as much as it pains me to say the big four, because Texas does not belong to the big four, but you know, whatever, they're, they're the Cowboys every year. That's uh, it's their year. No, it's not. But I, I think that OU, <laughs> Oklahoma State, you know, Baylor and, and Texas, you know, I think if you get through that gauntlet, I think, you know, and, and you guys know, I mean, Big 12, you know, road games are tough. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a stout conference. It really is. Well, let's, uh, let's move on then. Let's move to the Oklahoma State Cowboys, guys. Um, a, a team that consistently gets it done. They're just come up a little bit short year after year. But, Coach, you mentioned – Mike Gundy has been there for 15 years. Um, He's won a lot of football games. He's done a phenomenal job with the talent that he gets to come to Stillwater. And I've spent plenty of time in Stillwater. Stillwater is a fun place for those of you guys that want to make the trek all the way up I-35 and all the way out to Stillwater. But it's a tough place to get to. Bryce, let me ask you this. Mike Gundy, is he the reason that that program is in contention every year? Or is it some other? Is it is it the Eskimo Joe's cheese fries that keep everybody rolling up there? Look, look what what's what's a more interesting and posed question to me is he the reason that they don't get over the the little mountaintop that they got over there? Is ten wins? And I asked I asked Coach this, you know, off air here. If if Gundy is in the SEC and he does not make it to the SEC championship year in a year out or at least for contention. How many times does a does an AD or a fan base care that he's had a 10 win season? And what did coach say? <laughs> nah, you're hiking, you know. And so I I think I think a better question is 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 he stopping? You know, you've got you've got a guy that played for Oklahoma State back in the day as a quarterback. I just I can't wrap my head around the fact of why he cannot get a a quarterback prospect in there that can actually lead their team. I, I, to me, the jury is still out on Spencer Sanders and I, he had a great game against uh, Notre Dame um, that last game in, in Phoenix. And I'll give him that. And I, I hate being hard on guys, but you cannot turn the ball over. I don't know who that is in that room. that's allowing him to do that. But if you make that dude one dimensional, you will beat Oklahoma state every game. They've got a great running game. They've got a great defense. That position needs to have Mike Gundy's stamp on it to say, this is our guy. We can throw it. We do not have to run it. And he just hasn't been able to do that with any quarterback that's come through there since Brandon Whedon. That's a good point. I, Bryce, you and I talked about Spencer Sanders a lot last year. It was Buddy. a tale of, hey, Oklahoma State's playing this Saturday. What Spencer Sanders are we going to get? Is it going to be five picks or five touchdowns? Coach, I know you're biting your tongue. Give us your thoughts on Spencer on Spencer Sanders. Obviously, he means a lot to this offense and to this program as a whole. What What are your thoughts on a guy that does have experience, that has shown signs of playing pretty good football, but has been very inconsistent in taking care uh, of the football uh, with it when in big situations when the when the game's on the line? Well, the the two things you got to hope right is that he has learned from that. And then sometimes guys do, and sometimes they don't. Um, he's been in the fire. He, we've seen him play great against real good teams. We've seen him just give the other team the ball. And, 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 and throw that. But, but I will say this. I think 
that right now, and as we, we, we'll, we'll talk about it later on in the Big 12, I think because he's been there um, and because he's been in those games and around the coaching staff, you know, I think that they're going to be a different team. I think they're, I think they're a pretty good football team. I think they, from a running game standpoint, and I think you're going to get mad. This, hey, <laughs> like I said, my better half is already mad at me. I, I've looked at all this, right? I've looked at all this. And you've never heard me as a guy that, that, that say anything great about Oklahoma State in my life. Right? <laughs> yeah, my screw life. those guys. I'll still say it. <laughs> right? All my life, right? So, but if you look down the roster, Right, the guys are going to be on the field, and let's be honest, it's not the whole roster. You've got a returning quarterback who's good enough to win games, can beat Notre Dame, or give it away to Baylor. Right? You, you've got, and Baylor won the game. I'm with you, Bryce. Thank they you. Won the game, it, it, they held them <laughs> to, to, to under 20, which nobody thought was going to happen. Right? Yep. But here's the other thing, which I think is is what people are missing. Right? They've got the two best pass rushers in the league. Two guys who've led the league, right, on defense. And then you bring in a guy like Derek Mason, who, in my opinion, mm, is yeah. an unbelievable yeah. coach, right? Yeah. If you don't believe he's it, gonna be good. we uh, used to play Vanderbilt, and it'd be everybody every week. They didn't have any players. They were like yeah. – and, and, and you're like hanging on just trying to get – you're trying to get to 20 against them. If you don't forget, don't forget this – you look at the halftime, the Alabama Auburn game last year. I think it was six to three. I think Alabama mm-hmm. had two field goals, right? Am I wrong? Nope. Right? nope. So he's a hell of a DC. Know what the, he, this guy knows what the hell he's doing. Okay. So yeah. you put that in, in conjunction with uh, what may be a little shortcoming at quarterback, but a, a veteran guy with some guys around him that know how to win. And it might get to 11 or 12 if you're not careful. All right. So, Coach, let me ask you this. Do the Cowboys, do the Oklahoma State Cowboys have a legitimate chance at making a run at the Big 12 title this year? Yes. Fair enough. Bryce? I, I, unfortunately, I, they do. I mean, they're a great, they're a great <laughs> Very team. Very unfortunately. They're, they're a great team. And, and it's just a matter of who – you know, if he eats oatmeal or if he eats, you know, Fruit Loops that morning, I don't know what it is. He needs to figure it out. Maybe go egg whites. Don't go the full egg. I don't know. But but damn, like just stop turning the ball over because he is a hell of a talent. And and when he does, you know, put them in a in, in coach alluded to it before. But if you put your, you know, as an offensive coach, if you put your player in the best chance to be successful, they typically are. If you're a quarterback, if you're a player and you put your team in the best chance to be successful, meaning you're not giving the ball over to the defense every other possession, most likely you're going to win because the thing is that defense, and Coach just alluded to it, Derek Mason, I'm, I'm telling you, he will hold a, a an offense <laughs> to a point where you can you can win games. Just don't don't do stupid mistakes. And I and I hope that he has learned from I mean, hell, he's had 58 career games already so you know he's not gonna you're not gonna throw at him you know at Spencer Sanders anything he hasn't seen before it's just a matter of you know can he do it that's right well hey for those of you guys that are rolling with us I'm sipping on a little whiskey I've probably had a few too many Bryce has finished his whole bottle of tequila I think tonight hey he's this is his words this a little is special. bit this is the field of 12 after dark brought to you by bet rivers we've been rolling almost an hour we got a couple more uh, teams to get through here so guys let's move on to uh to the texas longhorns okay 
things been going on down there in Austin. Uh, it's been shaky to say the least over what the last decade plus now, right? It's, uh, it's been a tagline. Texas is back, right? Well, <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian comes in a little shaky at first, but, um, he brings in a, a transfer quarterback, a guy that's highly touted in Quinn Ewers. He's got a guy that has a little bit of experience in Hudson Card. What are y'all's thoughts on Steve Sarkeesian uh, and, and Texas football as a whole as we enter this uh, 2022 season? Bryce, we'll start with you on this one. Um, man, th- to me, th- this is he has to prove Sark has to prove that there are there there is progression within this program. And I think what we have seen in this program in the last 10 years is just complete and utter underdevelopment. How many times and I, I really don't care about stars, but just just for the nature of this argument, how many times you can have four and five star kids? They come out and pan out to be absolutely nothing. At some point, you have to hold coaches accountable for developing kids. I think Coach Sarkeesian is a hell of a coach. I think he's going to have that offense right. I think Quinn Ewers coming in does provide a little bit of of a spark. We'll see. I don't really know um, other than the fact that that dude's got more money in the bank than I do and hadn't even touched the field yet. Um, (laughs) But, you know, this is a a team that I think is going to be – if B. John Robinson – can can stay healthy just tout the I mean Earl Campbell that thing um give that dude 40 carries a game um and and just again don't make the big mistakes this is this is a team that has every in terms of just depth in terms of um again talent at every position they they've got it all they've got enough money it's it's honestly like you know a a free-for-all the Dallas Cowboys with just you know as much money as you could possibly have I just don't understand how you lose six games in a row. I don't understand how you underperform the way they did last year. And, and, and really, again, to your point, the last decade. So th- this to me is a, you, you've got to figure out what's going on in Austin, because I promise you when you go East <laughs> and at that conference at, at, and, and you're playing those dudes week in and week out, no one is going to care that you're Texas. If anything, they want to bury you because you are Texas. So at some point you got to, I just, I've never seen a guy that, you know, gets beat up by the little kid at lunch and then wants to go and take the big bully on. I don't, I don't understand that move for them at all. Um, But you know, it is what it is. Texas has to figure out how to, how to put wins on the, on the schedule. Okay. Uh, Coach, you mentioned uh, offline that you spent a little time down recently and uh, you were extremely impressed with, um, with some of the younger offensive linemen um, that you mentioned Give us a little insight to that, but also give us give us a couple reasons while you were out there visiting uh, visiting the Texas Longhorns. What what pieces of the puzzle do they have that can allow them to take a step this year and be successful? Is it Steve Sarkeesian? Is it a specific position group? Is it the team as a whole? Give, give us some thoughts. No, I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. The, the same things that Bryce was talking about that – Really, really, those things that have held the program back, uh, the rating systems, all the other things, you know, guys that, that didn't pan out, guys that never played there or that played there that were highly rated that no one else really, really hardly recruited. I think they're in a different system right now. And um, I'll, I'll say this, uh, the, 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 you know, if you look back at Texas over the last five, six years, right? 
their their O line has been one of the worst ones in the Big Twelve, which is which is I can say that right now because I'm not coaching. Crazy. It's it. I mean, you had and it's not to take away from Rice, but their their best guys they had were transfers from Rice at Texas, mm-hmm. right? Fifth year transfers that that came there and moved on to and uh, got on NFL rosters, which that's unheard of, right? At the University of Texas, I think. You know, the, the five guys they signed, obviously it's been well documented, you know, what NIL cost them for those guys. They're good players, right? But they're young, but they're really good players. Uh, some of them will be playing this year. Uh, I think the, the the question for Texas will be, you know, at quarterback, just like everybody else in this league, right? Who's going to show up? Which guy's going to play? Yeah, who's going to separate themselves? And then this weekend will be big. Um, they both bring to the table uh, a lot. You know, you've got a guy who's who's played a little football. You got one guy that can run. One guy's more of a pocket guy. Uh, but I will say this: uh, with a defense, I think has a caliber. They've, they've they've got some pretty good players on defense, and I think they're sound in what they're doing. But I don't think, uh, based on what I've seen on paper, and I haven't seen all the other teams. I don't think there's another team in the in the in the Big 12 that has the offensive firepower that Texas has right now. The three, well, I call them the Suns. The three running backs Worthy. are ridiculous, yeah. right? Not good, <laughs> ridiculous, right? The Bijan is a great player, right? But as I say, the Suns, you got the Robinson and Robinson guys and Johnsons, right? They got three of them. They all look the same. 6'2", 225, can really – I mean, they can do it. And so uh, – and on the perimeter, you know, we've got the leading touchdown receiver in, in the league coming back this year, right, as a young yeah. guy. And they signed another worthy. one. Yeah. Yeah, and they're both sub-10, 200-meter guys. They're not very big, <laughs> but no you're doubt. used to this, Bryce. They can fly. So they fly. We like them. You like those guys, right? To, to put pressure on, you get nine in the box, those two cats can go 10-2. I mean, electronic. That, they're the fastest guys on the field. So, you know, you're going to have to respect those guys to get some guys out of the box. And what, what Sark does with RPOs, with play action, with that kind of – you start getting down in there, they, they, they can score points in bunches with the speed on the perimeter. So, you know, from what I've seen, are they there yet? No. You know, but you, you've got the components on the perimeter and in the back that can let this line grow because those running backs are good enough by committee. They can save them up. And they, I mean, they're, they're like you said, you've got a Heisman Trophy candidate, right? And a senior that will be probably a, a, a third or, or, or third or higher round draft pick right behind. Him. Yeah. Hey, and if I, if I can ask you this, Coach, I'd, I'd love to understand because there is going to be inevitably a very interesting dynamic that comes in, maybe not this year, naturally, because he's playing his senior year at, at Newman or Neiman or yep. whatever it's called. But how do you navigate what you have in Quinn Ewers, which, which I think everybody's right. pretty excited about, but then ultimately this uh, – I mean, just absolute roadshow that we saw from Arch Manning that that is, you know, inevitably, whether that's his name or he's actually that good remains to be seen. But how do you navigate that as a as a coach, you know, with knowing what you have possibly coming in? 
Right. So you, you worry about that next year, right? <laughs> don't give me the political answer. Hey, I'm no. Coach. Don't no, give me that. Hey, I don't, I'm I've never for wait, wait, no. this You didn't spend all offseason recruiting Archie wait, 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 to no, be like, we'll worry political, about that next this season. This is not a political answer, right? I'm going to tell you why. Because of what you just said beforehand, hey, you better win this year. No, or you might lying. be lying. Right? Bryce, he's you, lying you, you, just, you just spoke he from both sides. He's lying through his teeth. I have never. You spoke from both sides. You said, little brother, he gets he gets beat up. If that was the case, y'all would if, never if, look at a QB let, let in me, the next let me class. Say, let me say this. Let me say this, coach. I've never sat in your shoes as a head coach. Right. But if I'm a head coach and Peyton Manning's over this year, <laughs> hey, I'm uncle, and, and Peyton Manning's asking, hey, hey, how's he looking? Is he going to be the guy? Hey, is he going to be the guy? And then, and then, uh, but, Eli, but again, uncle, again. Hey, is he, he going to be the guy? And then guy. Cooper comes in as goofy as he is. And he says, Hey, is my son going to be the guy? What or do you say? Archie. Oh, Archie, Archie comes, comes in, after in all like, of them. Hey, coach someone. I'm the greatest man on this planet. I'm the nicest guy you've ever met. And, uh, I want my son to be the starting quarterback at university. How do you manage that? But, but wait a minute. You guys forgot about what Bryce just forgot about what he just talked about, Texas, right? <laughs> about what the problems are in Texas. What is you worry about that? Hey, the guy's got to he needs to win this year, right? Enough. Yeah. You worry about that. That that's a every year. Those are the kind of problems that you want to have, not the ones yeah. that the other guys are like, man, I wish we had it. We just talked about four teams that wish they had a quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, look, hey, I'll go ahead and answer my own question since you won't. Um, I'm going to sit in those booster meetings and go to all these functions that you're talking about. And I'm going to say, guys, look, I appreciate all the money that you guys have flowing in that allowed me to buy Arch Manning. This is a rebuilding year. OK, what we're doing is we're growing our young guys. We're, we're growing our young old lines well, so that Arch no, Manning can come and take us. Here. You're talking from both sides now. Right? You're talking from both sides. Right, it's the You're tequila just, talking coach. I don't know. Yeah, no, but here's the problem: <laughs> if you came up in this time, just like I said, there's yeah. no way you'd have sat on that bench in, in Waco all, <laughs> all those years. No way. That's a great. That's true. Point. That's true. Guys, let, me, true. let me ask this last question, uh, and then we'll move on from from the Longhorns. Yeah, Bijan Robinson. Obviously, I think he's a shoe in to be in New York, um, given what he yeah. has done in his career and what we expect him to do. The one thing that worries me, especially with the, um, the uncertainty at the quarterback position, is uh, if, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're going to play the Texas Longhorns, are you stacking the box until those quarterbacks figure out how to push the ball down the field and beat you in the air, that, which, which will take away the, the stat line from, from a B.J. Robinson? Coach? Yeah, I, I, like I alluded to, I, they've got right now, I think, uh, TJ, I, I, name escapes me. Their tight end is a really good player, uh, about 6'4", 250, moves around, you know, the way Sark will move him behind the line of scrimmage, uh, get him loose. But the the, the two, the, those two guys outside, I'm telling you, uh, there's a difference between 10'6", on a football field, 10-6 is fast. 10-2 is a whole nother ball game. And these dudes are dynamic, right? And so they've got to find one more guy, one more receiver. Uh, the, the transfer, I think, got hurt last week. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm just saying, these dudes are electric. And so to load the box, 
with with them. And you like I said, you know, we, we've got one one guy who is returning, who's played a bunch, who's returning as a, the the Big Twelve touchdown leader, right? So he he knows what it's like. Whoever throws him the ball because he's wide ass open because he's so far behind everybody. They're going to use play action. They're going to, I mean, then Sark's a good enough play caller to understand where to put these guys. And if it wasn't for just one person, if, if, if I was there and I said, you know what, it's just Bijan. It's more than Bijan Robinson. There's three of them. And, and they're going to rotate him, keep him healthy. You got to remember now, Sark spent some time at Alabama where there were a bunch of running backs. And, he, and, and it was running back by committee there, even though there was a Heisman Trophy candidate every year. And he's selling that on the road right now. And these guys are buying into it. And they're, they're I mean, those three backs are good. Mm, I love it. Yeah. Guys, hey, we're, we're, we're getting tight on time. Um, let's run through the rest of the conference real quick. I'll ask each of you a question for each school because I want to get to the end where we give our picks because proof is in the pudding. You guys are talking real high on the Longhorns and the Cowboys, but where are you putting them in your preseason rankings, all right? So I want to get to that. So let's go, let's go to Kansas State, a team that is constantly consistent. Uh, cover four, come at us, beat us, right? I loved playing Kansas State because I was going, you know, post-dig and trying to put, put the safety in a bind, and then we're going to hand the ball off. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But <laughs> – Kansas State has got a running back in Deuce Vaughn that is a small guy, but has been very productive. Um, Bryce, we'll go with, with, with you on this one. What do you expect out of Kansas State this fall? Are they going to be that thorn in everybody's side? Are they a contender or are they going to drop off a little bit? No, I, th I mean, it's what we talked about all year last year. I think Manhattan's a really tough place to play. I, I think that those guys love getting up on Saturday mornings, uh, Chris Bear in Kansas and, and putting on the, the, you know, whatever purple and silver or whatever they want to call it, um, you know, up there. But, but I think Deuce Vaughn is one of those guys that you have to get him 20 plus touches a game without a doubt. He is, he is your bell cow with Colin Klein coming in. Um, and, and this new guy from Nebraska, Adrian Martinez. Um, I, I think that there's going to be some, some, some sauce. I think there's going to be some spice in the playbook a little bit. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do on the, on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, to your point, they're, they're, they're just, they're Kansas state, you know, that they're going to play sound football um, and they're going to play you hard. And so, and so I, I really like those guys to, to lead the middle of the pack. Do I think that they're going to be, you know, crack the top four? No, I don't. Uh, but I think they're going to, they're going to have a solid year. Yeah, it was it was always my favorite week of of, of film, Coach, because it was cover four, and then they'd roll to three strong, and then they'd bring a couple blitzes off each side. It's like, all right, we got them down. Let's go play some football. Uh, move on. Let's go to West Virginia. There's been a little speculation, Neil Brown and some of the transfers out of of Morgantown, specifically QB Jarrett Dagey, a guy that um, you know, Coach Brown coached his older brother at Tech. He comes in, he plays a couple years, didn't produce all that much, but he says, you know what, I'm out of here. They got a huge pickup in JT Daniels. Um, what do you expect out of the Mountaineers out there in Morgantown this year, Coach? And uh, do you think Neil Brown is, uh, is a guy that needs to win a lot of football games for security, or is, um, uh, is it a couple more years there um, that, that he's got on, on his lifeline? Well, well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown, right? That's right. The couch is burning. I mean, just like, 
just like every time I went to, we went to Manhattan, Kansas, you know, it was motorcycle day, riding damn motorcycles around the, the <laughs> whoa, 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 Harleys. So you go to West Virginia, couches burning, but it's a tough, I mean, you, you get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey, right? <laughs> the crowd's going to be into uh, it. Coach, that's it's called Moonshine Toast. To play. <laughs> it's a hard place to play. Morgantown's yep. tough, right? That it is. And they're going to have some tough games. Because let's be honest with, I mean, it, it, the travel to there, and particularly late in the year, you don't know what you get. It could be snowing, it could be raining. The sun ain't gonna be out in, in, in yep. October. But you know those fans are gonna be drunk, and they're gonna be <laughs> on your ass from the time you get off the bus till you get there. So they're, they're, you're, these these teams you're gonna talk about, right? I'm getting to it, but when you're talking about Manhattan, Kansas, when you're talking about uh, Morgantown, when you're talking about tech, I mean, there are hard places to play Yes, because of, because of the, the, the logistics of getting there and the fans care, but you know, I, Neil Brown, you know, obviously JT Daniels is, is a, is a talent, right? An NFL type talent. Um, uh, what the surroundings are around him. I don't know enough about it. Um, uh, but I, I do know this, they are a different team at home than they are on the road. And that's been the case since before they were in the big 12 100%. but now because of the travel and everything else it is a hard place to win and uh, when you look down that schedule and you look who, who they're going to get at home boy that you better you better watch out if, if, if you're going to morgantown buckle up all right let's rapid fire guys i uh iowa state bryce Thoughts on Matt Campbell, his seventh season. He's built an incredible culture there at Iowa State. They lose Brock Purdy, a guy that has uh, been the captain of that offense mm -hmm. for a long time. Replace him with Hunter Deckers. Uh, quick thoughts on Iowa State, Bryce. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I love it, right? What we were talking about before, Hunter Deckers stayed uh, there for the last two years. I, I don't think, and you even you talked about this earlier I don't think that they have a repeat seven and six, especially with all the hype that they had last year coming into the season. I don't think Matt Campbell lets that happen again. A um, lot of rebuilding. They've only got eight returning starters, which is going to be tough. This is another place that, that Ames is hard to play in. And, uh, and I, and I think that their I think that their schedule helps them out a little bit. They got some big guys coming into, into Ames, you know, with Oklahoma state, with Texas, um, you know, so, so excited to see this team and, and the bounce back. Love it. Coach, TCU, Fort Worth, Sonny Dykes makes the jump 45 minutes to the West. Um, give us your thoughts on, on, on Coach Dykes moving over to TCU. They've got a QB battle. Um, you know, obviously they, they had a head coach in Gary Patterson that was a mainstay for a while. Um, yep. New guy in town, new quarterback. What do you expect to see out of the Horned Frogs this, uh, I, this fall? You know, it, it's truly a rebuilding year for them, right? With Sonny moving over there. But let's not get it confused, right? They, they've got real talent. They've got real speed at, 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 on the perimeter. They've got guys on the defense. They've got two, two really good defensive linemen to build around. Uh, and they're always going to have always going to have guys that can run, right? And, and so schematically, he's got to find a quarterback. They've got to get used to the system, which is a little bit different, you know, and, but not that much different. When you go back to guys like Meacham and, and you know, those guys are all caught. But yeah. what Sonny's going to do is not going to be that much different than, than some guys in the program are, are used to. But, again, you got to find a trigger guy there to make it work. 100%. Uh, last two guys, Texas Tech. Bryce, I'll go with you on this one. Uh, Joey McGuire, 
You obviously have a history with Joey McGuire. Tough sledding out there in Lubbock right now. Do they have a chance to be in, let's say, the middle of the pack? Or are they going to fall? No, man. This is my sleeper pick. I, I really think that these guys could climb into that top middle uh, you know, tier of, of Big 12 football. I think that what, what Coach McGuire brings, you know, he's a defensive-minded guy, but he's a culture guy. Don't don't get me wrong. He is CEO. Um, the biggest uh, uh, acquisition, whatever you want to call it, uh, is, is Zach Kitley. Bringing him in, I think, makes this team a, a whole different team. Uh, Tyler Shaw, like we saw last year, he got hurt, but I think he's got – uh, the ability to lead this offense and and I I'm this is my sleeper pick I, I'm excited to, to watch those guys as, as, as much as I hate to say because my wife when you know went to Texas Tech and I've got a, too many friends that went to Texas Tech but ooh, ooh. I'm, I'm 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 liking <laughs> I'm liking Coach McGuire down in Tech love it Coach last one of the Big Twelve the Kansas Jayhawks it's a tough <laughs> place it's a basketball school we all know that wait a minute um, but they got it. Don't yeah. say that Mark Stoops. Yeah, that's Ooh. right. Hey, they've got a quarterback in Jalen Daniels that may be their best quarterback since Todd Reesing when they went and won the Orange Bowl, okay? They've, they've gotten a couple of, of wins over Texas, and they, they've got a couple wins, right? Are they the lock-in last pick in the Big 12, or do they have a chance to maybe win a couple games in conference? You know, when, you, when you've got a trigger guy, you got a chance to, to steal a couple, you know, but I, I just don't – I mean, I just don't see it. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a, a tough schedule. You know, they're, they're playing a lot of people on the road. Uh, and let's be honest, when we, we start talking, and, and Bryce and both you guys know, right, and, and me being an assistant – at, or, or head coach, you know, we, we talked about tough places to play. Uh, you know, Lawrence is not that hard a place to play, right? It's just not, right? It's just, you know, you got to fire your team up to go out there and play. I was being honest with you, right? Yeah, and, there's and, like 12 and, fans in the second yeah, half. They're really rowdy. Now they got those tents down the end zone where they're eating, <laughs> they're eating and, and, and it's a little bit louder. Uh, you know, I'll get in trouble for that. So, but... <laughs> You know, it's just it, – it's not that intimidating, you know, of, of, of a, a situation. It's a beautiful place. Uh, but, you know, I just don't see – I don't see with the people that we just talked about, uh, the, yeah. the athletes that are there, that all these – at the other nine schools, I just I, – I think it's tough sledding for, for the Jayhawks. Love it. Well, guys, hey, we're running up on time here. So let's go real quick, and we're not going to add much commentary. You guys got to follow along, Field of 12 After Dark, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Uh, we, we will expand on this all throughout the year. We got plenty of shows coming up nightly with you. But, guys, let's roll through um, our rankings in the Big 12 real quick to finish the show. We'll start with number 10 and work our way to who we think is going to be the Big 12 champion. Um, Bryce, we'll start with you. Coach, you'll go next, and then, and then I'll finish up. So, Bryce, who you got coming in at number 10, finished last in the Big 12 this season? Yep, last in Big 12 football, first in Big 12 basketball. I got Kansas Jayhawks. There we go. 10, Coach. Yeah. Kansas. Kansas. Why did we even spend time talking the last five minutes? Yes, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. I got Kansas coming in at number 10 as well. Uh, I hope to see him at a different point, at a different place in that position at some point, but uh, coming in last this year. Number nine, Bryce, who you got? Uh, West Virginia. Wow. Coach. Uh, Tech, Joey McGuire or learning year? 
I agree. I got Texas Tech coming in at number nine. Number eight. I'll Bryce take a 1942 Petty. from each of you guys when they're not number nine. Uh, number eight, I've got TCU. Coach, West Virginia. I got TCU at number eight as well. We're going to have to start throwing some money down on each one of these picks. Oh, here we go. Hey, we can, we can true up at the end of the year. Number seven, Bryce Petty. Kansas State. Coach. K-State. Iowa State coming in at number seven on my rankings. Number six, Bryce Petty. Yep, Iowa State for me at number six. Coach. I'm starting to not like you, Bryce. Iowa State. <laughs> number six for me, West Virginia Mountaineers. Number five. Bryce Coach, you Petty. should have just recruited me instead of Trevor. Uh, number five, I got <laughs> hey, I got Texas, I got Texas Tech at number five. Ooh. Coach. TCU. I got the Kansas State Wildcats at number five. <laughs> now, this is where so it gets interesting. I, I personally believe that the top four can go any which way. Yeah. Bryce yeah. Petty, number four. No, I 100% agree with you right there, Trevor. I got, I got UT at four, Texas. Coach. Baylor. I got Texas at number four. Bryce Petty, number three. The, uh, the, the Gundy Cowboys. Coach Sumlin. Texas. I have the Baylor Bears coming in at number three. Number two, the runner-up losing by a yard in the Big 12 championship game. Bryce Petty, who you got? I have my Baylor Bears at two. Okay, Coach Sumlin. Oklahoma. Oh, there it is. Wow. I have the Oklahoma State Cowboys <laughs> at number two. And finally, with your pick to win the Big 12 in the 2022-2023 campaign, Bryce Petty, who do you got? The only one left. You got to say it. I want you to stand up and scream it. <laughs> Oklahoma. Let's go. Coach Sumlin. Uh, Spencer Sanders will throw half the interceptions and <laughs> – Oklahoma State will win the Big 12. Woo! That's a hot take. I appreciate that, Coach. I have the Oklahoma Sooners, Brent Venables, in year one, winning the Big 12 championship. It's locked in right here on the field of 12 after dark, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We went a little long tonight. Appreciate you guys following on. Follow along all year long. Subscribe. Click the link. Like the link. We look forward to uh, to communicating with you guys and uh, sharing everything college football this year. On behalf of Bet Rivers and Field of 12 After Dark, this is your Big 12 preview. Bryce Petty, Kevin's, Kevin's coach, Sumlin, my man. I'm Trevor Knight. Grab a whiskey each and every night. Join you. Have a great